Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong. And BJ, it was the thumbs down heard round the world. Julius Randle, we got to talk about that today. Can we start there? Did you watch this game last night? Celtics, Knicks, NMSG? You know I did. You know I did. (laughs) I was right in front of my television watching these games. Tracy Morgan in the building. A lot of stars out for this one. Tracy Morgan. Man, did you see that gold chain he had on? Where can I get that? That's what what I I was hoping that you saw. Yeah, he was flexing on Tate, that's what's up. That's what's up. (laughs) But Tate, you know what? Before we start, let's do that podcast thing. Let's Mm. get into it. Mm. Let's do it. Let's get it. Let's get it happening. Uh, And we'll start, you know, with the the big news is basically, in case you didn't see this during the offseason, in the MLB world, BJ, we don't do too much baseball talk on this show, but Javi Baez playing for the Mets got a lot of people drummed up this year because he gave the fans a thumbs down sign, um, which was his reaction to being booed by the fans. The ownership of the Mets came out after the fact, apologized to the fans, said this is not behavior that we condone here. And then last night at MSG, you know, the Knicks have had a very up and down season. We've talked about that you know, on the show quite a few times. But Julius Randle hit a shot and then decided to give the MSG crowd the patented thumbs down move. And then that, that was the talk of the town. Even though R.J. Beard hits a game winner at the end of this one, we can talk about that. The real conversation immediately comes about, you know, is this okay to do? What are the ramifications of such an action? And I wanted to ask someone who played in the 90s, BJ, uh, if you'd ever <sighs> seen anything like that um, and what your takeaway was. Does it matter? Is it anything? Um, or is it something to read into? Midas, <laughs> our, our, our beloved, world-renowned producer, I'm going to get this started right, right now. <laughs> If Midas was DJing the party, which he is, Mm. he would say, let me clear my throat because there's a lot we have to talk about right here. Now, stop me when I'm wrong, Tate. You stop me when I'm wrong. All right. That's a good game. Now, we've had, as recently as last year, no fans in the building. Zero fans. Yeah. Stop me when I'm wrong, Tate. (laughs) We've had no fans in the building. We are trying to figure out how to continue to play like everyone in the world. How are they going to continue business and life as we knew it prior to this pandemic? And suddenly now, when we aren't playing well, we give the thumbs down. Mm. Stop me when I'm wrong, not Tate. You stop me when I'm wrong. When things were going great and everything was on cue, when everything was, you know, winning and we're the media darling. Yeah, last okay. year the four seed and and an all star, okay, okay. most improved, okay. all those things. Stop yes. me when I'm wrong, Tate. Just <laughs> stop me when I'm wrong. Now, now Tate, we want all of our flowers mm. when things are going right. We want all of the accolades when things are going right. We want all of the praise. We want, as you know, the young people say, we want to secure the bag. <laughs> We want all of these things. Stop me when I'm wrong, Tate. Yep. We want all of these things when they go right. And when they go right, 
It's a beautiful thing. It's to, a beautiful thing. Everyone's happy. Yeah. But then take when you're sitting on that throne, when you're sitting on the top of the mountain, there is also a thing called responsibility. Tate. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Now, Tate, when there's a problem, I'm coming to the guy sitting in the seat. <laughs> We're coming to the throne. Yeah, that 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 is the other side now, of being now, the now, king. Tate, now, yeah. Tate. Let's let's we are playing in a league that's called professional sports. We take are playing professional sports where people pay to see us play. Stop me running wrong, Tate. <laughs> when the consumer, the fans, feel like they are getting their money's worth. They cheer. Yes. Stop me when I'm wrong, Tate. And when the fans don't like what they see or feel they are not getting <laughs> their money's worth, what do they do, Tate? They boo. And, and they might do okay. both during a game. You know, they go back and forth. They oscillate. Now, Tate. I have a real problem. So I'm, I'm trying to be kind here. I've seen the home team boo, perhaps the greatest player to ever play. Now, no one, that wasn't in the last dance. No, that, was, that part no. wasn't in the last no dance. No one saw Tate. Michael Jordan get booed by the Chicago fans. No. Hey, it ain't all highs. <laughs> To this, you know, it's like it can't you know, be I love in the documentary, walking. but not in real life. Yes. Now, Tate, I love walking in people's offices. When you get one time you could, you know, you could go out and you could, you know, be in the office buildings and so forth and so on. And when you walk in people's office buildings, offices, they always have their highlights out. You know, these awards, recognitions, degrees, you know, yeah, whatever. Degrees, it is. all the highlights of your life is always in your office. Family picture, everyone's smiling. <laughs> well, Tate, okay, <laughs> okay, I'm 54, Tate. So let me keep this real. Let me let me take you what's not on social media, mm. okay, Tate. My life has not been all highs. Everybody always talk about these little three championships that I won, and I'm very, mm. I, I I say that with great humility. It's not little, but so that means Tate. In my 11 years, I had eight years where I lost. Yeah. So if you do the ratio of that, you lose more than you won. Okay, so Tate, all of these pictures that are currently in my little studio here with my family and everyone smiling, us on vacation, <laughs> every great. Well, Tate, <laughs> let me tell you about the mother 364 days out of the year. It ain't all roses. Okay, let me tell you what's really going on when you marry with three kids, COVID and all that. It ain't all roses, Tate. No, not at all. And if you're not prepared to handle that moment, Tate, as my mom would say, get out of the kitchen. If you can't son, handle the heat, get out of the kitchen. Get now. I'm gonna that's say what my this. Mom used to say to me too. That's all. I'm that's gonna good. say this, Tate, because <laughs> here on pushing through, we appreciate the game and we tolerate mistakes. We're not here to judge. We're not here to. 
Here's another teachable moment. If you going to be a professional player, there's certain things you got to deal with. There's your private life and there's your public life. Mm. There's your private life, which is private. There's your public life, which we chose to enter into. If you haven't been booed, Tate, you probably have never, ever played professional sports. <laughs> or, or, Tate, really, or really any sports at a high level. You know what I mean? You get Tate, booed in high school. <laughs> Tate, I've seen everyone get booed. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this is the same crowd where they was throwing. It was Patrick Ewing poster night, and they were throwing the posters back on the floor with Patrick Ewing. Yeah. Okay. This is New York City. This is New York City. These are the same people that boo. They boo everybody there. Yeah. The home team, the opposing team, they'll <laughs> cheer you in the first quarter, boo you in the second quarter. Yeah. This is new. Say what you want to, which I appreciate. And I say this with the greatest humility, and I'm saying this with the greatest appreciation. That is the most knowledgeable fan base in the entire NBA. You can say what you want to. They were the best. They are the best. I love that fan base. I'm not saying that I'm condoning coming to the arena to boot. No, no one wants to do that. Everyone's human. But if you haven't been booed, you've probably never played professional sports. And in New York City in particular, that comes with the territory. Now, yeah. there's two places I know where that comes with. You're not going to play in Philadelphia and not get booed. <laughs> okay? Yeah. That's the same place that booed Santa Claus. And you're not going to play in New York and not get booed. <laughs> okay? Yeah. So, honestly, I would throw Boston in there. You're going to get booed in Boston, too. Well, you're, you're go that's that's you're going to get booed at some point during your professional career. If you play in the tri-state area, you're going to get booed. Yeah. We've all been booed. Raise your hand if you've never been booed. Raise your hand. Yeah. So I would hope we can move past this. Let this be all the players who will ever play in New York City. You are going to get booed when you come to New York in particular, probably sooner than most places, but you're going to get booed. That's part of that's part of the game. And it's understandable to have the frustration from Julius Randle. Obviously, things aren't going, you know, as they did a season ago. Now you're looking directly at the people. Like you said, we didn't have fans always in the stands last year. So now you have this direct contact. So emotions get the best of you. We all understand that. Okay. So we're giving okay. we're giving. Can him I a say little, something? Yeah, I want to say something here. I want to say something here, Tate. But this is a 50 year old man talking now. Mm -hmm. This is the same crowd. That at the first game of the season, we thought it was a playoff game. It was so loud in there. Yeah. And and after they beat the Celtics, the same team that they beat last they, night, they celebrated like it was a championship outside. Okay. Tate, this Bing New bong. York fan, this New York fan base is a beautiful fan base. Yes. They're passionate. You just gotta give you I'm gotta not, give a little to get a little, you know? You, hey, you have to have really thick skin. Mm -hmm. But you got to understand the business because here's my, here's my little experience with the fan base. Back then, 
take, we used to travel commercial. When we get off the plane in New York City, boo, it's the people on the plane. (laughs) 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 Back then, we used to take the first flight, we had to make the first flight out every city to get to the next city to play. Take it's like seven in the morning. Boo! <laughs> the pilot is like, boo! Yeah. Like, hold on, man, hold on. Like, yeah. like, 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 like take, like, hold on. Here's the pilot. Take. You go get your bags off the conveyor belt. Boo! They're the last bags that come out. Hey, hey take. He was like, man, I ain't gonna say nothing, man. I just, I want my bag to come out, right? You know, like, <laughs> like my shoes are there. I need my yeah, shoes. I you know, need my shoes. Yeah. You know. <laughs> you get on the bus, the bus driver. Boo! <laughs> you suck, Armstrong. <laughs> like, come on, man. I just want to get to. Yeah, just, just want to get to the hotel. Yeah, hey. <laughs> okay, take. You get to the. You get to the hotel. The bellman's getting your bags. Nick's. Nick's gonna kill y'all tomorrow night. <laughs> Nick's gonna. You like? Hey, man. Wait a minute, man. Do I supposed to tip this guy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey, you get your room service. Mm. Like, say, they wouldn't even knock on the door. They just leave it outside. <laughs> Go next. You like, <laughs> like, are you going to knock on it? Like, say, what's going on? I mean, that, that's the story about, you know, Michael Jordan, the flu game was that someone maybe tried to food poison him. Yeah. Now, now, Tate, you know, and we're saying all of this to say the following. The Knicks fans would do all of this. You would pull into Madison Square Garden. There would be fans out there. I don't know if they're still out there, but there would be fans out there. Tate, they're throwing things at the bus. <laughs> they're spitting on the bus. But I always respected the Knicks fans for this. After the game, great job, Armstrong, man. You, hey, great job. Yeah, great game. Yeah. Now, it, that's what they would do. Yeah, I mean, because at the end of the day, when I mean, you they, would, they respect the opponent and they respect the outcome. You would be of the out game. with a Knicks player, you know, whether it was Patrick Ewing and Trent Tucker and Charles Oakley. There was respect in the community of New York City, in the city of New York, for the players and for the game. Mm. Now, would they do things that you just like, you're like, wow, this is a wild group. And once I saw that, I embraced it and I enjoyed it then. And it's way more fun now because when I go with my family to New York City, I just love the expression of people who've never seen that before. It's great to see because you're like, you know, there's a certain way, you know, that you act at most arenas. But there's a different game in New York City. Yeah. And I respect it. I re- hey Armstrong, I'm a Knicks fan. You suck. You <laughs> suck, Armstrong. But after the game, hey man, great job. And you, when y'all come back, and you have to embrace and understand that as opposed, you can't you can't fight against it. You know, it's not it's not something that's going to change. You know what I mean? No, They'll that's what makes you, you great. Out. Yeah, exactly. That's, exactly. This is what makes listen. This is what makes you great. This is what makes you, as they say, if you can make it in New York City, you can make it anywhere, Jay. Now, New York City, that's a different animal. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's cut for everybody. But if you don't understand this, Tate, you won't survive it. Yeah. 
if you don't have that type of thick skin, you're not going to survive in Philly. You're As not going to survive in, in Chicago, mm-hmm. L.A., Oakland. You're not going to survive. I mean, Detroit. So let's, I mean, <laughs> and Detroit. Come on, man. The, the late, great Leon the Barber. You ask any player who came through Detroit in that era when Leon the Barber was sitting behind the bench. Oh, he was saying more than a boo word, a couple of choice words to you sitting behind the bench. <laughs> okay? Yeah. So this is part of the game. Trash talking. You don't normally get 20,000 people trash talking you at once, but trash talking is part of it. Trash talking, hey, you got the right to boo. As long as you don't put your hands on me, we're good. But that's part of it. That's what makes New York a special fan base. And I know those people have been coming to Madison Square Garden to cheer that team on. Mm. You say what you want to about the New York fan base. They love them some Knicks, win, lose, or draw. Just like Tate, I love me some Lions. Mm -hmm. I love me the Pistons. (laughs) We can talk about the Lions. We can talk about the Pistons. We can talk about the Tigers. But if anybody else says anything, you can't do that. And that's the New York fan base. Mm -hmm. That's the New York Knicks fan base. And and I think that there's like this weird problem that's happening in basketball where I think the the media discourse, right, the the bad things that are said in the media somehow get misappropriated to the fans. You know what I mean? And I feel like Julius Randle, a lot of his frustration is coming from the New York Post headlines and things like that that are saying that, you know, he's letting the city down and he's playing bad and yada, yada, yada. I mean, don't take it out on the fans, you know, because those fans, like you said, I mean, they run through a brick wall for you. Um, And and it's about understanding that situation and also understanding who they are. Um, And if you want to be in that fight or not, you know, and and maybe maybe that's not your fight. Name me a player that has played in New York City that hasn't been booed. I mean, I remember Carmelo Anthony one time at the free throw line. This is probably like six, seven years ago. He, He got fouled on a three. He missed his first two free throws. Crowd is booing. Booing, like I mean, you know, electric around Madison Square Garden. He missed the first two free throws. He makes the third one. He switches it, and they all start going crazy cheering. And he like waves them off, like don't don't cheer for me. You know what I mean? But it was it was a playful, it was a playful way to do it. You know what I mean? And I think that's, that's the approach that's, if you're going to approach it that way. Hey, you, it's New York City. Yeah, it's New York City. Now, <laughs> okay, you're not playing in some small market. This isn't a love affair. This is... It has expectations on both sides of the This is the bright light. Yes. This is the bright lights. And they're not paying what they're paying to not, you know... To fall off. I mean, and and that's the thing. I mean, last year the team was better. Last year was... Last year, without question, Tate, that was the best crowd in the NBA last year in the playoffs. Absolutely. And they got hey, one it wasn't, win. And they got one win. And they, and they got one insane. win. They went insane. Hey, that was the best <laughs> Shout out to crowd. Derek. Yeah. That was the best crowd in the in, in the playoffs <laughs> last year. The best crowd this year has been that one win in New York City early in the game. The first game of the season when they beat the Celtics. Okay. So, Tate, we know what it is. 
Now it's time for y'all to know what it is. Just give me the effort. Like, I'm not saying you even got to win the game, but give me the effort. Mm -hmm. Did you see Tracy and all of those people where they were cheering last night? Like, that's awesome. And RJ that comes with the price. I mean, he hits that shot and the place is electric. They go insane. And and, and it comes with the price. So Tate, come on. Come on now. Come on. Like, play the game. Tate, play the game. Mm. Play the game in all senses. You know what I mean? Play the basketball game. Yeah, play the game. But also know know you're on a show, you're on a stage. And you know what I mean? These these are your these these this is who you're entertaining. Yeah, like come on. So yeah. All right, let's move on. I think it's I I, I think it's a good point. I want to see the playoffs. I want to see the playoffs in New York. Me too. Okay. All right. I we'll want to see, see the playoffs in, in New York. We'll see it in Brooklyn. We might not see Kyrie uh, in Brooklyn, but we'll see at least Brooklyn in the playoffs. But that's uh, not I want MSG. to see the playoffs. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Come on. I want to see the playoffs <laughs> in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. I want to see the Knicks advance in Madison Square Garden. Mm. And I want to see, you know, some of my favorite rappers at Madison Square Garden. It's yeah. really about me seeing the, the rappers. That's it. I want to see, you know. Quest Love. I want to see Black Thought. <laughs> I, I want to see Pharaoh Munch. Ooh. I want to see these guys at the game. I want to keep keep it hype. Mm. I want to see Spike Lee going berserk over there. This is what I want to see. And that's what the New York fans want at the end of the day. Come on. That's all they Come want. On. All they want is a shot. Come on. Yeah. So that's- give it. Give it. Yeah. So play the game. It's hey, it's beautiful. Charles, beautiful. Charles and Kenny, you know, kind of uh, said similar things last night. I mean, if you don't expect to get booed, what do you expect? I mean, this is this is professional sports. I mean, it, people aren't coming there to boo, but if you're not playing well, they paid hard-earned money, so they're probably going to boo. <laughs> and it is what it is. And, and, it's, it's, and you're getting your check regardless, you know, so you just got to play the game. You got to play hey, the game. Listen, just give me the effort. I'm not even saying yeah. you got to play well. Just give me the effort. Just give you don't have to play well, but just go play hard. Mm. Speaking speaking of not playing well, and uh, I mean, sometimes they played hard this season, but the Boston Celtics, the team on the receiving end of R.J. Barrett's game winner last night, they were calling him Maple Mamba. I thought that was a good nickname. Quickly was given out there, Maple Mamba. But the Boston Celtics. Um, they, they have, you know, Houston, we have a problem. I feel like with this team and there's a lot of conversations that are going on. Can Tatum and Brown coexist? Do they make sense? Do they fit? How can a team with two healthy all-stars be the 10 seed? How could they have fallen? You know, when we were in the bubble, the Boston Celtics went to the Eastern conference finals. So this has been a pretty sharp decline from, you know, we're, we're competing to go to the NBA finals and now we are competing to get into the play in scenario. So just looking from the outside, looking in BJ at Boston, I mean, what, what do you see from this team? Because when I just watched them from the naked eye, I see a team that does not move the ball, uh, you know, much on offense and they just kind of seem like disconnected as a group, you know, despite the talent that's obviously there, they seem to be playing disconnected basketball. And I don't put that on, you know, brand new coach. He Yudoka there. I mean, I, I don't think it's on him. I just think this team is trying to figure out their identity as they move forward. And Kendrick Perkins said, and I quote, this team just looks a little too comfortable and I don't like to take stuff from KP, but I, I do agree with that in a sense. They do look very comfortable in losing, which is not what you want to see, especially for a franchise has won 17 titles well i think you just said it there the, your last statement this franchise has won 17 titles mm. 
That's got nothing to do with them guys out there in that uniform. Yeah. Okay. That's what makes sports great. Sports is always played in the present day moment. I've never walked into an arena. Anytime I went to the old Boston Garden, the new Boston, whether the TD, TD Center, or Garden, it's yeah. the TD Garden, I never looked up there and said, oh, wow. All those batters up there, I'm playing against those guys. <laughs> yeah, you're very happy you weren't playing Bill Russell. Yeah, yeah, you know, you, you know, Sam Jones I, 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 and Bill I Russell and all these guys. I, yeah. I didn't have to worry about that one. You know what I mean? Tiny Archibald. You know, <laughs> you're like, hey, I didn't worry that about one. that. You yeah, know? yeah, Dodge you know, Robert okay. Parrish. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, that's the first thing. There's a lot of pride there of the fan base, and the fan base has to understand who is this group that's on the floor? Who is this group? Okay. Who is this group? Now, you've had Brad Stevens as the coach. And I'm going to start it back from the beginning. Brad Stevens comes in as the coach. And the previous coach who had won a championship there said he did not, quote, want to go through a rebuild. Take, stop me when I'm wrong again. Mm -hmm. Doc Rivers said, I do not want to go through a rebuild after competing for a championship and winning a championship, right? Fair enough. He goes to the LA Clippers. They bring in a college coach from Butler University. That's your domain now. Now we're in the NCAA. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We bring in a college coach that's going to help them with the development, keyword, of the young players because Danny Ainge and company were ready to go through a rebuild. Stop me when I'm wrong, Tate. Now, Danny Ainge is praised for his moves of getting all of these draft picks as they refer to them, not me, assets. <laughs> a lot of Come assets. Mm -hmm. Stop me when I'm wrong, Tate. Stop me now. You just tell me to stop when I'm wrong. <laughs> Do the fact checking. And then they make a trade and they get a throw-in guy in a trade by the name of Isaiah Thomas, who suddenly starts averaging about 27 to 30 points a night. Yeah. Unheard of. He was a throw-in in a deal. Now he's a franchise. Goals, now he's a franchise star. And now he's a franchise player, averaging about twenty-seven a night, <laughs> and takes them out of a rebuild to like, oh wow, maybe we can get to the playoffs. Stop me when I'm wrong, Tate. Now. To Brad Stevens' credit and Danny Ainge's ability to make deals, no one else saw Isaiah Thomas averaging 30 a night. No one saw this five, whatever, 10, I'm going to say he's 5'11", but we know he's not. <laughs> no one saw 30 points a night and an all-star from Isaiah Thomas up to that point of his career until he got to Boston and he showed up and he showed out. He showed out. 
and took them out of a rebuild. And affected the bottom line. It wasn't just like Isaiah's going to put up numbers. I mean, he's tur- he turned them into a winning team. He tur- now, now. Okay. So now we have no expectations to, oh, we're back. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is what happened. Mm-hmm. So he sped up the process, took them, did a complete 180, really, right? You know, they were ready to go tank and do all the things that, you know, teams do. And suddenly now, oh, well, man, we if we get this and we get that, we can. Now, they have Marcus Morris, Jay Crowder. They were, they had pieces, Title pieces, like we're gonna make a run for a championship, yeah. Until the, the the, and it was very unfortunate when Isaiah got hurt. Yeah. And that changed kind of the course of everything. He goes down, yeah. gets injured, plays injured, and then they trade him in the offseason for Kyrie. Okay, now they have. Now in a position where they are a playoff contending team and they're adding young, talented players to this group. Okay. They add, um, what's the kid who plays now for Charlotte? Um, Terry Rozier. No, no, no. He was already on Gordon the team. Hayward. Okay. They add Gordon Hayward, get him in free agency. Mm-hmm. Nice pickup. Kyrie Irving. Man, all-star. Suddenly, you're saying, wow, we got a nice group. You got a good core. We got four guys who are potential And we got young players who we think are going to be good players that's going to come in and add to our second unit named Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. This is a good thing going. We got the the now covered. We got the future covered. And at some point, you're going to see which one is which in the combination, and you're going to play. Unfortunately, Gordon Hayward gets hurt, if I recall. If it wasn't the first game of the season, the second, very it, early in it, the season. It was the first game of the season against Cleveland. First game, first game of the season. His ankle. Okay. And now those young guys who were being counted on to come off the bench and provide, you know, whatever they're going to contribute as young players, and they're still young players, they suddenly get into a role. Now, Kyrie's without question the best talent, but those guys, best role. But some reason that doesn't work. And yeah, you got Kyrie reaching out to LeBron to say thank you. Now I understand the burden that you had leading young guys. I didn't realize it at the time. You got you had all that stuff going on with Tatum. You got all this. You got all this. Now, when the players tell you, you got to listen to them, whether you agree with it or not. This has been going on for years. This isn't just today. This has been going on for years. They move him for somehow Kimba comes, right? Mm-hmm. Kimba comes. Yeah. He comes in free agency. Comes in free agency. And everyone's like, okay. Or the thing they need to do a sign and trade for Terry. Yeah. 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 He, this is a better fit. Mm-hmm. Right? Right? Wasn't that the big thing? Oh, Kimba. He's Kimba's a team he, player. Team he, player. Yeah, no, he, he's going to okay. buy into the Boston way, all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Now, here's the thing, Tate. And let's wrap this. Let's wrap this up in a nice bow. Those two are really 
good players. Talking about Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. But if you think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum alone can win, you're wrong. It's the bottom line. They're really nice players. Both have ascended to all-star caliber players. With that, now we have expectations. But here's the fact. Those two alone can't win by themselves. So that means one of the one of two things has to happen. Either those guys are going to improve to where they can just carry three other guys and win by themselves, or we're going to have to get better players in there and they'll ask those guys to take a reduced role. Which is a hard Good conversation choice. because they're, they're already so well, well, short well, up. It's not a hard conversation. There's only one conversation you have as a player. It's when are you ready to hear it? Tate, you put on the uniform to do what? Go in. Okay. Now, when you put the uniform on, sometimes I see players out there trying to get a bag. Sometimes I see players out <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, there's a lot of side. Sometimes I see players out there. They don't, I'd be like, okay, what's this guy doing? Does he realize <laughs> he's playing in a game? <laughs> no, so. Ultimately, a professional puts on the uniform to win. I, Marcus Smart said it early. Those guys are going to be good players. It's just they're not ready right now. He said it at the beginning of this season. So when are we going to hold them accountable to say, okay, you guys got your money now. You guys have got all your individual accolades. Okay, that's good. We got all of that out of the way. Now let's come here to win. Mm-hmm. Very simple conversation. When are we, Tate, how many times have you heard me say this? Do I have permission to tell you the truth? The most important conversation you can have with anyone, especially if you're going to work with someone. If you're putting on the uniform for any other purpose than to win the game, game over. Then we already lost. Talent, they got all of the talent you need. Now, Tate, we have to play the game, what we call hoopology. It's the art of the game. Unfortunately, those young players didn't get an opportunity to just be young players to figure out. It's like getting in a Ferrari. You want to see what the car can do. That's like playing in the NBA. At the beginning of your career, you just want to see what you can do. And then once you know what the car can do, now it's your choice to utilize the car to try to win the race. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are facing the same problem that Zion and all these young players are coming to the NBA. This isn't just a Boston problem. This is a problem in the NBA. We're putting young people in positions that they're not capable of being in, which is to lead. They have the talent talent to be the best, to be the best player on the team but they're not ready to lead an organization yet. We're asking Jason Tatum to lead and shoulder an organization. He's not ready for that yet. And not only just an organization, the Boston Celtics. I mean, that, that's okay. a lot. You take, the, you take the game last night. And, and, and I don't want to ramble here, Tate, so stop me when, you, when you're ready to hear me stop. They're up, what, 20, what, five points last night? They were blowing them out. Yeah, 25 Okay, points. they're blowing them out. Okay, what does the leader do when the team struggles? 
he leads. He steps up to the plate and he takes control and takes on the responsibility. Okay. Did you watch the Phoenix Suns game last night? They had a huge lead against the Clippers. Who stepped up to the plate? Chris, Chris Paul. Paul stepped up to the plate and stopped it. Yeah. He said, we're not going to let this game get, get away from us. Okay. So when Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown is ready to do that, give it to them. They have the talent to do it, but they're, they're not ready to do that yet. That takes years of maturity. That takes lessons like what happened last night. That's why the great players, when you see it, you say, wow, that's a great player. Same game. They're up big. The other teams makes a run. This is the NBA, by the way. Everyone Everyone's makes a run. Make a run. Yeah. <laughs> make a run. No 20-point no okay. lead is safe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Tate, especially <laughs> now, wink, wink, there's a three-point line back there. So 20 points today is not 20 points like it was. It's five shots 10, from, from you need to call okay. a timeout. Yeah. This team is missing leadership. That's what it's missing. Why? Because no one has stepped into that vacuum since Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Rajon Rondo, Larry Bird, and all of those great players, Bill Russell. So if you're telling me Jason Tatum is ready to be that, then you're not watching the same game I'm watching. It's not fair to him. He's 20 what? I don't even know how old he is. 20 what? 23. Can't be more than 25. Yeah, I think he's like 23, okay. 24. And Jalen Brown's not ready for that. And if you're telling me because they've made a couple all-star games that they are ready for that, then we're not talking the same language here. Mm-hmm. So until they have enough experience. Well, then you're feeding into me, the problem at the start, which is like you're just trying to get your all-star appearances and all that sort of stuff. You know, the, if, if we're judging off that, then we're, then we're already judging it wrong. Yeah, exactly. So now when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are ready to accept that responsibility, then we can talk. But until then, when I watch them play, it's like, Okay, I'm looking at a couple kids who got a new, they got a new toy. Oh, wow. Jalen Brown had 50 the other night. Jason Tatum had 36 last night. They're just kind of feeling themselves out. Now, the key is, can both of them every single night get 26 to 30 points a game and win games consistently in the NBA? That's the difference. We know they have talent. Guy gets 50, the other guy gets 36. But... Evan Fournier gets 40 last night. He was a real star okay. of that game. Yeah. 41. Okay. This is what I'm saying. So when you are ready to take on leadership, Tate, that means you got to do it every single night. That means you got to figure out how to accept the responsibility, win, lose, or draw. And we can't be and, part-time leaders. You know what I mean? We, yeah, and, there you go, that, Tate. And that, you. That's how it feels a little bit with that team. It feels like tonight's your night, and tomorrow will be my night. And, and at the end of the day, so, that's not going to work. Yeah. Tate, we have a new coach. Mm-hmm. Okay, Brad Stevens is no longer there. Danny Ainge is no longer there. We have different players. But we have two mainstays. What's the one thing that's been the mainstay? Are those two? Yeah, and Stevens. We've changed everything around those. Well, Stevens now is the, in the front office. office. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he doesn't have as much say-so as a coach. At least he can change some things as a coach. As an executive, he's like you and I. He's just watching the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay, he's far removed. He yeah. can't. He can't. He can't change anything at half. He can't do anything now. 
he has two or three times a year he can get excited. He can get excited during the draft. He can get excited during free agency. And he can get excited during the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. Other than that, he's like you and I. He's he's working the phone. Yeah, he's helpless a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they're young guys. They're young, talented guys. But now we have to wait. We got to wait on them. And we have to determine here sooner rather than later, are they good enough to build a team around and win consistently? And if the answer is yes, let's go through the process. If the answer is no, which one or both are you going to move and what you're going to try to get back from? That's it. That, that That's it. And those two players will determine when they are ready to win. That's the key to any great player. Okay. When are you ready to win? How many, how many years I got to wait? Do I have to wait one year, two years, three years, five years? People forget now Jordan didn't win to his what? Seventh or eighth year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tate, if if I came in the league and I was averaging 30 a night and one year I was 37 and I was shooting over 50%, I don't know when winning would have came into play because that 37 a night would have felt pretty good to me. Yeah. And if and, I was a young and kid. nobody can really tell you anything of that. Like a lot of people can say what, you know, what we're saying to you, but you're not listening because at the end of the day, yeah. you're putting up 37 points a game. <laughs> but that, but that is, that is an awakening that every great player has to go through at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Every great player has to go through that. Okay. The really, really great players, the really great players, you know, sometimes they just walk into the door ready to win. Like Evan Evan Mobley. Like uh, Evan Mobley just walked in as a pro. Mm -hmm. He just walked in as a pro. You're like, oh, wow, this guy's already a pro. John Moran. John Moran came in to win. Derrick Rose, some of them walk up, some of them walk in ready. Some of them, it takes a year or two. Tate, if I was a young player and I was averaging 30 points a night and I was a young kid and my dream was to play in the NBA, I'm not sure when it's going to occur to me what the real goal is to winning. If I'm averaging 30 points and shooting over 50%, what you going to really say to me? Yeah. That's what I feel like a lot of this is. You know, I mean, what can you really say to Jason Tatum? What can you really say to Jalen Brown? What can you say to? Okay, what can you say? <laughs> what, 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 what are you going to say? A guy just had fifty points two nights ago. What are you going to say? Uh, pass the ball. Uh, don't shoot. <laughs> he got he got fifty and a win. Okay, yeah. he got fifty and a win. Well, and then you have the you have the chance of you say something, and then that guy's like, "Oh, you don't want me to shoot? Well, then I won't shoot." Then you know what I mean. And then you have an even more negative effect on the bottom line. Exactly. So. Well, that's it, my friend. I appreciate you. <laughs> no, I mean, I just find it to be fascinating because I, I think we've lost patience, you know, as as fans, as viewers. Um, but then also we we have lacked, um, you know, kind of a, a comprehension of where we are. You know, this Boston team, you think about it, you're like, well, these are two time all stars. They've been to the conference finals. They've checked all these boxes. What's the problem now? But like you said, those teams that did that were constructed differently. Now they are the number one, one A, one B option. They've never been able to be really that. They, they've been kind of like thrown and thrust into that role. And now you got to figure out who you are. And, and, and if who you are as a player affects the bottom line of winning. And that that's a harsh reality, right? I mean, a lot of guys, That's I mean, Monte Ellis is one of my favorite players ever. But, you know, he didn't affect the bottom line of winning. And then Steph Curry came every and things changed. Every player has to make, every great player, yeah, every great player has to make this decision. 
say so, the hardest thing for anyone is to un, is is to do the following: how to incorporate your individual talent into a group setting. That, that's that that's we can talk about, and that's in life. I mean, that's that's every that's in that's life. Everything. How does yeah. how does everyone see outside of themselves? That's what you're trying to do. So instead of me sitting here knocking. Jason Tatum or knocking Jalen. No, okay. Because Tate, if I scored 50 in a game at 21-22, I don't know what you're really going to be telling me, Tate. Yeah. That doesn't feel like, you know. Until I figure this one out now. Yeah. Now we have to go with the, the hardest thing to do. How do people learn? They always learn from experience. Mm. You learn from failure. And this might, this might be the year that the Maybe Celtics the don't make the playoffs. Those guys both look in the mirror and say, "We got to change the way we play if we if we actually are going to be the team that we want to be." Now, now you now what they are saying to the coach is, "Hey, I'm open to suggestions." Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Now you want to be coach. So now, if I take you out of the game because you didn't pass the ball, you're not going to be upset. Because now there's a difference, Tate, between being a good player on a bad team and a good player on a good team. You're only as good as your best player. And right now, the the two best players are Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. That's a fact. And if he can't coach them like the rest of the guys, he can't coach the rest of the guys. Yeah. Greg Popovich, take this out of Greg Popovich's book. We can go on about this for days. Greg Popovich coached Tim Duncan. And when the rest of the team saw Pop scream at Tim Duncan, guess what the other players had to do? They had to get on it. it. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, exactly. They're like, I mean, he's yelling at Manu and Tim just as much as yeah, he's yelling at me. <laughs> what can I say? It's not like he's picking no, favorites if Tim Duncan, yeah. If Tim Duncan didn't want to get coached. The Spurs probably don't win five titles. Don't win the yeah. There you go. There you go. Take Coaching one-on-one. Coaching, that's coaching one-on-one. If you can't coach and scream at your best player, you, got you no can't shot. coach the team. Yeah. Now, until I see the coach of the Boston Celtics scream and coach those two, I don't expect much from them because those young players are still trying to figure out who they are, what they can be, and when are they going to stop worrying about all-star appearances? They've already got scoring the scoring titles so and all that sort of stuff. Ti- yeah. you know, being compared to the next player, mm-hmm. who's the next young up and cup? No. Now, when are we going to turn our attention to the Boston Celtics and putting rapid, putting another banner up there in the rafters? That's a fact. And I'm going to be patient with those two because they're both young players. They only went to school for like what one year, both of them, right? Yeah. So Six months. Now, so now <laughs> when we drafted them, what did we say? Player development, right? Well, this is part of the player development, so let's develop. And then if you don't want to develop Celtic fans, let's trade them. Yeah. Because the value is higher. The value, the value then, is higher than it will ever be right now. You will see how difficult it is to replace those two those guys. Players. Yes. Okay. That's our choices. So I get it. I, I want the same thing that you guys want, but Tate, it's hard to win in this league. And you hear me say that. I feel like I say it every week. It's hard to win. 
And it's hard. I mean, I think for Marcus Smart, right? I mean, that is the guy that m- maybe Celtics people are listening right now and they're saying to themselves, well, he he's our leader. Marcus is the guy that has the heart for this. But we're, we're, you're talking about that guy going up to those two other guys who are dropping 50 and 37 and saying, play differently. It's not going to work. He's not the best player on the team. And, and so he has no... Well, let, 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 me, yeah. let, me give you, let me give you an example of leadership. Leadership comes in all different forms. You know, one of the unique leaders in this game today is Draymond Green. I don't think anyone would say Draymond Green is the best player on the team. I don't think anyone would say Draymond Green is the best shooter on the team. <laughs> no. I don't think anyone would say Draymond Green is the best athlete on the team. But he's undeniably the leader of the team. Mm-hmm. The emotional leader. And has been. I mean, basically since he got yeah. there, it felt like. Yeah. Now, now, Draymond Green. Okay. I mean, I mean, this is this is what I respect about leadership. Leaders hold everyone accountable. Steph Curry may not be the best defensive player in the NBA. But Steph Curry is held accountable on the defensive end by his coaching staff, and in particular, Draymond Green. Draymond Green holds everybody accountable. Everybody. Give the proper effort and energy necessary to be considered a great team. That team for years has been the the Splash Brothers, the greatest duo shooting, the most efficient offensive team, but no one ever talks about how good they are on the defensive end. And that's all because of one guy. One guy. Now, when you watch Steph Curry, Steph Curry gives you everything he has on the defensive end. And you know what, Tate? He has improved as a defensive player. And that's because of the respect that he has for those other guys that are playing next to him every night, talking about Steph Curry. But more importantly, that's because Draymond holds everyone accountable. When I see the Celtics, I don't see a team that's giving me second and third efforts. They are a young team. Which I understand. We, we talked about that with under, the Lakers. The Lakers, it's now, like, I understand why the Lakers. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I understand why the Lakers, they're older. Yeah. They're saving their second and third efforts for the, for the right time. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we got 16 games. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But when you're young, Tate, you, you got energy to burn. Yeah. This is not a time to be making calculated decisions on effort. You watch Steph Curry. Steph Curry gives you the energy. That's respect. And that's called playing to win. It's also leadership because then the guy that comes off the bench says, well, if 30 is going to go out there and close out and die for a loose ball, if I don't, I'm not going to play again or I'm going to get traded. Okay. <laughs> Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to get all the plays called from him. Yeah, I don't think Steve Kerr is coming to the huddle going, let's get Draymond Green on the split cut for the open <laughs> shot in a, in a must-need situation. Yeah. Okay? Everyone has a role here. But let Steph Curry not give the effort to fight over a screen. Draymond is going to say something. Mm-hmm. Steve Kerr is going to say something. Now, when, when the Celtics can get to that point, now you're talking to me. 
they're not there yet. And then you get guys like Wiggins that come into that system and say, and and maybe not the most second effort, third effort guy before he gets there. And now, but he is now. Now he, he is now. now. And now he's an all star, right? I mean, that, now and, and, and that's the difference. There you go. So leadership comes in all shapes, forms, and sizes. Normally, we associate the best player with the, the and and we automatically make him into the leader of the team. And every great player will tell you in private, I might be a great player, but I might not be a leader. Mm -hmm. You might have some leadership qualities, but you might not be good enough as a player to lead because the group is like, ah, he's not good enough. And everybody knows. Very, very rarely does it come together with one person. Very rarely does it come together what you see in Golden State. Mm. That's, That's a rare occurrence. It's a rare occurrence. So... When we see that with Boston, then let's win. Then let's win. Then let's make that decision. Right now, because let me tell you something. If Jason Tatum goes and plays with the Warriors right now and they win the championship, Jason Tatum doesn't have to lead. Now he can just be who he really is, which is a score. It's, it's just like watching Wiggins right now. Wiggins was doing the same thing in Minnesota, except now – He's just doing it, and he's winning now. And now it's like, oh, now a guy's an all-star. Yeah. Now a guy. And, and he's more comfortable as the number two or number three, I would say the number three option, than he is maybe being the number one option. But where he was drafted, demanded like, oh, well, he should be. Yeah. He's got to be He's got to be our hero. Yeah. He's the number one pick. Yeah. It's not fair to the kid. It's not fair because just because he's that talented, no one has said Wiggins – Andrew, right? It's Andrew. Yeah, yeah. Andrew. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins doesn't have talent. Mitchell's no, I, 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 yeah. Andrew, you know, doesn't have talent. And now he's in his right role. And good for him. Yeah. I mean, he embraced good it. Good for him. That's what, that's what good I... Good for it. And it wasn't easy. Uh, all that you heard when he first got there was they're going to use him as a trade piece and all this sort of stuff. And now he's just as mar- much a part of that team as Harrison Barnes was on the first iteration of the Warriors, you know? Good for him. Yeah. That's all you can say. Good for him. So it works. So there you go, my friend. There well, you go. You got it. Boston, I, I hope that the Celtics can figure this out. I think that's a very illuminating you know, way to look at it because I think a lot of people want to press the panic button. They want to you know, immediately eject themselves out of the situation. But it's really just a conscious decision that the ownership and everyone in that building has to make. You know, Are we going to go for it with this core or are we just going to get our numbers and, and move along until inevitably we have to make a big change? You know, and I, I well, think that's where we are. They are going to figure it out. Okay. But now, when are they going to figure it out? Yeah. That's the key. It's when. when? Mm-hmm. when? It's, it's, this, this, is, this is natural. Tate, you and I just got a Ferrari on our 16th birthday. <laughs> what do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Hey, Tate, now when are we going to figure it out, Tate? Yeah. That, the speed limit is 55. When are we going to figure it out, Tate? Yep. Tate. And, and the speed limit is 55, Tate. And you talk about speed. I mean, the pace that the Celtics play at is so slow, and they're so young that it makes no sense. I, I don't, I, you know, and, and these well, things. It, ma- it, makes per- it, it makes perfect sense to me. 
just when you watch just it. because of the way that the yeah the what they're trying to do it on may, offense. I, I may, I may, I may, it makes perfect sense. Here's why. Take you have two young players on the wing. We play today's game and we call it a positionless game now, right? Mm-hmm. Tate, it's a positionless game. So if Jalen Brown rebounds the ball, there's nothing that says he has to outlet the ball to the guard for him to push it. The ball swings to Jay, to Jay, to, to Jason Tatum. Why is he going to swing it? You're right. I mean, nothing's dictated. Both of those guys, yeah. both of those guys, every time I in the summertime, what's the one thing I'm seeing on, on Instagram and Twitter and all that? Everyone's working on their one-on-one move. <laughs> hey, Everybody. This is what this is what gets me. Why are all of y'all working on your one-on-one moves when all of y'all are not gonna get the one-on-one plays? Mm-hmm. So now that the game is slowed down, so we can watch these guys do the step backs, the step throughs, and the pull throughs and all of the stuff and then the game slows down why are we surprised i don't see jason tatum moving without the ball that's not his game i don't see taylor <laughs> brown moving without the ball i mean that's the who's Cel- gonna pass in the ball well, i'm saying the who's gonna pass the ball? Is, is literally the definition i mean you hear it all the time but it is one guy with the ball and four guys watching i mean that is no, the easiest the, the, way to describe the, it listen if you want if you want to get that ball moving the celtics know what they got to do they know what they have to do everybody knows what you have to do we're playing in an era of small ball and you keep getting al horford and the the what the time lord and Robert Williams yeah Robert Williams and and now you put Marcus Smart as the starting point guard wait a minute you playing in an era where everyone needs guard play so I'm going to get John Morant in Boston and then let him play off the ball I'm going to get Chris Paul put him in Boston and let him play off the ball. Kimba off the ball. I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's the same. I'm gonna have Kyrie Irving and then tell him <laughs> he's got to defer to those guys. Yeah, because it's not now, his at team. some point here. Yeah. At some point here, Tate. At some point here, I play with a guy Tate that averaged thirty some a night. So let me tell you something, Tate. Let me tell you something. At some point, that player who is capable of averaging thirty a night has got to figure out one thing. I got to defer to somebody else so that we can have a team. Because if Jordan rebounded the ball and Every, didn't outlet it. Everybody's got to eat at some point. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. Well, it's not everybody's got to eat. No, everybody. No. KYP. Know your personnel. Mm-hmm. And when you get upset, KYFP. <laughs> and you know what the F stands for. Yeah. Okay. Know your position. Now, in the first three quarters, Michael, when you rebound the ball, you outlet it to BJ and everybody feels the lane. In the fourth quarter, when it's time to win the game, you rebound the ball and you do what you got to do. Yeah. Winning time. Last four minutes of the game. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum right now are not deferring to anybody. They don't even defer to each other. No. It's almost like they take turns. They do. 
It's, it, I don't know this. It's what it looks like. So here's the deal. If you want to have a team, everyone's got to play their position. Who's the first option for the Celtics right now? Who, who would you say? Would you say it's Tatum or would you say it's Brown? Who is the go-to guy that can play the, play the game when, it's, when they're going up and down or when the game slows down? Who's the guy that can get a shot in less than three dribbles? If you're going to be the best player on the team, Tate, let me give you a little secret. You better learn how to play in less than three dribbles because it's damn near impossible to play with you if you don't do that. Because I don't know what you're going to do. After the three times taking it through your legs, I'm just watching now on the wing saying, okay, I don't know what the hell Tate's going to do now. And it, I mean, it, 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 you know, it affects, you know, rim running. It affects all this sort of stuff. I mean, if I don't know when you're going to shoot or what you're going to do or, you know, any of that stuff, if it's all basically freelance those, action. Those guys are, those guys don't push the pace. Yeah, no, it's quite the opposite. I think they're the Those guys team don't know how to control the pace. Them or the Knicks. Yeah. Okay. Both of those teams right now are missing point guards. One is starting Alec Burke and the other one is starting Marcus Smart. Why are we surprised? Are we watching the same game or is it just me? Yeah. You're not going to push the pace with Alec Burke starting at the point guard position and Evan Fournier. And let Julius Randle bring the ball up half the time. I mean, yeah. You're not going to push the pace with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and I don't know what's the other little backup point guard. I don't even know. Not not shorter, but the other guy, um, Carson Edwards. Okay. Yeah, Car- whatever. Yeah, yeah Wendell Scott. You're not going to push the pace now. If they're going to push the pace in this small ball era, wink, wink, small ball era, you better get a guard who can play the game at that pace, who's going to initiate your offense eighty percent of the time, which is going to force the wing players. To run the court. This is this is obvious. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, if you push the ball, you push the ball to deliver it. They'll pass it because why? Because I know what they really want to do. The both of them really want to score. That's it, this is a simple fix. This is a but if you get a point guard, Tate, guess what that's gonna do to them? That's going to take the ball out of their hand. Which is going to cause some problems. Okay. Which is going to force the coaches to go to a system and go to a system that they'll have to play out of. Because the system would dictate where the ball goes based on how they're defended. If you play with a point guard, it would force those guys to catch the ball below the free throw line with a live dribble which would force a double team now so that they would have to pass the ball. That's called a decoy. Jason Tatum it hasn't been a decoy yet in his career because when he has the ball in isolation, it's going up. Mm. Okay. So before we start anointing all of these players based on their stats, let's start looking at the game so you can say Jason Tatum is a really really talented player. Jalen Brown is a really, really talented player. But now when you start talking about winning with talented players, it can get complicated and it can get very sophisticated. And that's what you're seeing right now. Mm. Both of these guys, 
which one is going to defer to the other? If ever. I mean, I think that's that's the looming question that, that kind of hangs over. We got to take we have to take the ball out of their hand. Why? Because if you don't play the game at a certain pace in today's era, you can't win because you can't get enough shots to win the game. Yeah. That's how I feel watching both those teams. I watched both the Knicks and the Celtics last night. I'm like, both these teams aren't contenders because they play so slow. I mean, that's why the Knicks miss Derrick Rose. Mm -hmm. That's why the Knicks miss Kimber Walker because the point guard will set the pace. The pace. Yeah. I agree with that. You understand, Tate. Yeah, yeah. You understand. You understand why Chris Paul is referred to as the point guy. No one has played that position as well as him in the history of the NBA. And I'm talking since 1946. Chris Paul understands that position as well as anyone's ever played that game. I may not understand the other four positions, but when I watch Chris Paul, I go, he understands that position. I mean, look at him with Bismack. I mean, Bismack comes in and plugs in. Look at him with anybody. (laughs) Look at him, how he managed the game. Yeah. It's when you play with Chris Paul, you don't worry about time, score. He's got all that. Yeah. You just, your job is just to make the shot. Mm -hmm. He makes it easy on you. That's why when you play with Jason Kidd and Magic Johnson and John Stockton and Mark Jackson and all of those guys, you didn't worry about the the pace. You didn't worry about, you know, are we going to get a good shot? Those guys are handled that. You get pressed. You know, you press John Stockton. You know, Jay Sloan went back there saying, a press breaker. He's like, no, John will handle that. Let's just get in position down here because John will handle all that. (laughs) You understand? And on any team that you played on, you always, if you had a guard like that, you were very appreciative because you understood how much they were shouldering for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, you know, defensive pressure. Monty Williams isn't spending one second in his practice talking about ball pressure on Chris Paul. <laughs> he's not, he's worried about the detailed things that's going to execute the play. He's not worried about, well, you know, Hey, Avery Bradley's going to be pressuring Chris Paul. What, what are we going to do? No, he's not worried about that. Yeah. Chris would welcome that. Cause he's like, Hey, now we got numbers. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's not worried about that. Yeah. He's not worried about Chris Paul delivering the ball. So the Celtics right now have to figure out how they're going to play and whoever they get at that position, because they need it. Now that's going to take those guys scoring averages down because that guy is going to have to, you know, get touches and it should increase their way to, you know, increase their ability to win games or their chances, I should say. And if they pick the right guy and the wins happen immediately, then maybe the other stuff that you worry about, you know, the the lack of touches and things like that, maybe that's not as much of a talking point because as we as we know, winning heals all wounds. So um, that's what you hope for if you're a Celtics fan. BJ, uh, I think this is a great little reflection on what's going on in Boston. You know what I mean? I think I think it's a it's a fascinating situation, something that we'll obviously keep an eye on. But uh, anything else before we get out of here today? Well, I will say this. Good luck, Celtics, because it's easier said than done. It's, yes. it's tough. But the the, if the the shiny star or the bright light there is you have two excellent young players. 
who have max who have max value around the league. Yeah, yeah. You have two. So you can make decisions. You have options if you're a Celtics. Yeah. What that option should be, out of respect, because I'm not in the building. I don't know. I have my ideas. I have my opinion, but I I truly don't know. But I will say this before we get out of here. It's very tough to replace players. (laughs) Okay. It's easy to trade them. Easy to fire a coach, but you better have a replacement for them. And those guys are, without question, they're all-star caliber players. And the last thing I'm going to say, my friend, is winning water. What do you do, Tate? You got to make waves. This has been Pushing Through, and we will see you early next week. (laughs) 